You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 231st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in... I'm sorry, guys. This is your 2018 Schwamigan throwdown winner, Tim, in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is Matt in Minneapolis. I'm a little sick today, and I'm pretty sure that's why I lost Schwamigan. Was that two months ago now? That's probably why. I was probably starting to get this cold when that happened. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I have been working diligently all weekend to really fine-tune my uh, excuses for Schwamigan uh, and what went wrong. Guys, we are already almost a minute into this podcast. Mm -hmm. Let's just cut to the chase. Let's just stop the Schwamigan talk. 15-time national champion Katie Compton threw down today. And I want to give a quick shout out. The limited edition team kit that she was wearing for the one day all year that she had to wear this kit Mm -hmm. looked fantastic. And then she won in dominating fashion. Um, Yeah. The great. It's a little hard to find her during the race because I'm looking for a national champions kit, but she's not allowed to wear it. The greatest cyclist in the history of the U S at this point. I mean, the dominance of 15 straight years of winning. And let's not forget that there was a good two to three years before she even started racing cyclocross where she was a Paralympian being the pilot of a blind tandem. So, I mean, this is almost what we're approaching close to what? 20 years of peak comp competitive performance from Katie Compton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty amazing. Pretty soon there'll be women in the elite race that she has won every year they've been alive <laughs> that that's think about that yeah yeah that's insane that's can you imagine rolling up to the start line and you look over and the person next to you is one that race every year you've been alive that's a good point i mean i just i mean fantastic super muddy out there in louisville i mean if that muddy course happened in you know austin texas the trees would have died by now mm-hmm. um the parking lot at the Biltmore had nothing on this. I mean, guys, this is what a performance from Katie Compton. I'm just stoked. And you know what the best part is? Wide angle podium sponsored athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, that's something we can be proud of. Um, and, and the listeners can be proud of because uh, if you if you even gave a dollar towards uh, supporting well, not even us, let's, <laughs> you, let's you can break. think of it as supporting Katie Compton in, instead of us. Let's break that's this right. down a little bit. So, we're a sponsor of hers. We're clearly not the biggest sponsor of the Wide Angle Podium Network. But since she's won 15 times in a row, mm-hmm. I like to think that she has, in what, every, she probably makes multiple jerseys of, of being the national champion. I'm willing to bet that over the 15 years, she has at least 100, 150 of these Stars and Stripe jerseys. 
I'm thinking Wine Angle Podium may get a jersey out of this because at this point we're so low on the pyramid here mm-hmm. that like, right? There's got to be some trickle down, maybe a sleeve or something. Um, <laughs> a sleeve, but like for 15 years she's sleeve. been the national champion, and I just got to say, Katie, I appreciate the thought of a national championship jersey coming to your friends here at the Slow Ride Podcast. Big fans. Yeah, but the, the podcast green ref- room walls are a little bare and would just would just tie the room together. Well, I was going to say I would actually prefer you don't send us the national championship jersey and you send us the jersey that you wore today because I was all about that design, like the Paisley kind of like uh, graphic. Yeah. yeah, And I was I was kind of disappointed that she's been national champion all year and we didn't get an opportunity to see that jersey. So- well, you're just gonna have to stay disappointed. I know. Yeah. That's what. That's the best part. Oh man! And she did a couple of things that were great. The first was she totally set low expectations by like the press releases and um, her husband Mark like putting out the tweets like, "Oh, this could be her last year of winning," you know, kind of the straight out of the. Lance Armstrong playbook a little bit, right? Like, oh, I don't know if he's got the legs this year. And then Katie comes in and just absolutely crushes it. Like, there wasn't even a chance. Yeah, I mean, I see your point, but I don't know if they were making that up because, you know, she's been struggling with the asthma and with the uh, leg issues and some viruses and things all year long. Um, But when she's healthy, she's been crushing it. And uh, today... It was no exception. It's kind of like The Wire when Omar says, when you come at the king, you best not miss. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that Katie Compton can can uh, you know make that saying her own because she absolutely dominated. And all the talk was who was going to beat her between Ellen Noble and Kate, Katie Keogh, who yeah. have a great future in the sport and more than likely would be, you know, be at the top of the world championship game. But man... Katie Compton dominated today, and it was pretty awesome to see. It was um, because she, you know, if you break down the race, she had a classic Katie Compton start, um, which, you know, from front row to 13th, 14th position uh, immediately. And then, like, the first quarter lap, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, Katie's not there. Mm -hmm. Like, "Uh uh-oh, this is bad. And then by halfway through the lap, you know, she had powered her way back up there. And uh, started asserting her dominance on on things. Um, and really, I mean, you guys, Tim, I don't think you watched the race, uh, so you're going to have to go back and watch it. But um, the pass happened on the chicane downhill. Yeah, it was on the downhill chicane. I saw the um, like a snippet on Instagram of that. Mm. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't. That, see that pass was the turning point of the race, and. I think if you rewind the tape back and play it frame by frame, you can see the point at which Ellen Noble's spirit just shreds apart. And um, mm-hmm. as Katie sort of shoulder bumps her through the chicane and passes her and um, man, she kudos to Ellen. She tried to get back, but uh, it, it was not to be Katie was not to be dethroned today. There was, she was not having it. It was, it was rare form. It was awesome. So, you know, we're soothsayers. We're well known for making the correct predictions. Um, 
how many years can Katie Compton keep this streak alive? If you had to put it down now, right? No oh, man. Do you think that she can? Can she, can she go twenty? Ah, can she go forty? This is like an auction. Do I hear 25? Do I hear 30? Well, 30, going once, going okay, twice. Okay, I'm going to say she can't go 25. And I'm going to say she probably won't go 21 years in a row. 20 may be stretching. Just, mm-hmm. But I can kind of believe it, right? Like It's kind of like Wayne Gretzky has the most goals in the history of the NHL. And everyone was like, no one's ever going to get that. But Alexander, Alexander Ovechkin is getting like a hat trick a right night right now. <laughs> and you're kind of like, hmm, it could happen. So could Katie win five more in a row and go go for yeah. 20 years? Oh, she absolutely could. But um, things have to go her way. And generally they do. Uh, she, I don't think she's one to leave stuff up to chance, really. Um, but this race in particular, man, uh, you know, we did our predictions a couple weeks back and – we had no idea what the conditions would be like. And these were, I don't even know if you'd call them Portland-esque, uh, you know, cross crusade conditions, or they looked worse. Like they looked abysmal. They looked terrible. Like they turned what was in the dry seven, seven and a half minute laps into 12 minute laps for these folks. Um, it was a tractor pull. And so you saw the people who could just lay down power and were pure diesel riders doing really well. Um, and that was, uh, that was Katie's big advantage. And that, uh, was probably Ellen's downfall because she seems to be kind of a sprint out of every corner, you know, um, Mm -hmm. fast acceleration to, to make the splits happen, you know, uh, type of rider and same with Katie Keogh. Um, who just didn't seem to have the horsepower uh, today, but other riders did. Um, yeah, a couple of great rides. I think we need to call out Becca Farringer uh, in fourth place. Power, 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 power. TT style rider just puts her head down and grinds, and she had a great ride all the way up in second place for a while there. Um, ended up fourth. Um, Ellen in third, and in second place, Sonny Gilbert who huge, ride. huge, huge ride. I don't think anybody had her in their top tens for predictions. No, um, she absolutely, crushed absolutely, it. Yeah. absolutely crushed it. But when I saw her on the start line, I looked over to Alex and I said, Oh, she might have a really good day today. And I'm not saying I thought she would Did be you? on the podium. Have to check with Alex on this. Uh, you yeah. certainly can. But I thought right, back, right. we'll do a little I thought back diligence. to Jingle Cross where uh, yeah. we saw the World Cup. We saw Sonny Gilbert crashing in the first like corner in that big puddle and uh, fighting her way back from that to a really good finish. And then yeah. pretty much every muddy race so far this year doing really well and having a great season. And it all that, that all clicked to me. I was like, oh, wow, she's on the front row? And I was like, she's been actually having a really good year. And I was like, oh, she's going to have a really good day because there's so much running and her whole background is running and she's like eight feet tall. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was definitely in her favor. It's all that mud. Like there was so much running. I got to say about this race. So every, everybody kind of went in probably thinking Katie Compton is going to win it. Yeah. Not often do you see this, whoever, who gets second place. So usually first place is happy. Second place is grumpy because they're first loser. Yeah. 
And then third place is like, yes, I made the podium. Yeah. You had the total opposite today. Katie's obviously super happy. Yep. Sonny Gilbert comes across the line in second place. Aesthetic. So happy because yeah. she's first non-Katie comedy. <laughs> and then and then Ellen comes across the line with the usual second place finisher face on of like, oh, I was so close to the first Katie Compton victory. Yeah. But I didn't get it, you know? And then fourth place is coming across with that like, ah, pretty good. Oh, right there. Look, like only in this yeah. race with Katie Compton there is everybody's expectations shifted just enough over that second place is over the moon. Yeah. Well, it was uh it's pretty nice to have uh the nationals, you know, this earlier this much earlier in the season, way better than the January date on in my opinion. And the um um you know, in my opinion is always what's correct. But go ahead, little guy. Tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, no, no, I think that is true. I was going to say, you were you were guessing 20 to 21 uh, Katie Compton wins. I'm going to say the only chance, because we're saying she has trouble with the asthma and stuff, and now that Nationals has moved up, is she'll only get max 20 because global warming and that moved up uh, Nationals date on the calendar are going to mean that the asthma – uh, season's going to last a little bit longer every see, year. Right. And so I don't think another rider is mm-hmm. going to get her. I think what's going to get her is, is the warming of the earth. Mother atmosphere. nature. Okay. So you're drawing a Venn diagram yeah. here of Katie Compton wins versus global warming. Um, yeah. And eventually like the pollen season is going to move far enough into December that because we've moved up nationals, that is what's going to get Katie Compton before. Well, this leads to goes. another, Will we get to the point that Katie Compton ever loses a national championship or as she's, um, you know, becomes more and more of a veteran and has been in the top of the game mm-hmm. for 15 years? Does she retire at the top? Yeah, she may not get right. Does she, does she take off the shoes and just put them, you know, at the start line and we get that picture, at, you know, we get that picture of just the, hey, you know what? I'm retiring on top and no one beats her. I mean, I'm sure that's somewhere in the back of her mind after every one of these, right? But, like, uh, well, do you want to go out with no victories? Yeah. Yeah. I still remember in the beginning of our fandom hearing about a women's cyclist, Katie Compton, that had to start at the very back row at Providence and a mm-hmm. couple of national championships because she wasn't allowed to race in women's uh, races due to the Paralympic requirements. So she couldn't be higher than a category three. So she had to race men's races in Colorado mm-hmm. and she would have to move through the entire field for those first two or three years. And she won it then. And now um, here she is. So major congratulations for her. Um, let's continue on for a little bit of cross coverage. And of course, Highly recommend checking out Crosshairs Radio and then the new uh, Wide Angle Podium show uh, Gravel Lot, where they where they're going to talk a lot about what's happening there because they were on the ground. But other good races: Stephen Hyde becomes three time national champion in the yep. men's race for Cannondale Cyclocross World. Mm-hmm. Good to see him back, um, you know, closer and closer to full form. And that was. That was a great race as well. Uh, A classic Stephen Hyde race, I'd call it, um, where (laughs) everything seems sealed up and he can manage to crash somehow in the last quarter of a lap uh, spectacularly and almost ruin it for himself, but somehow pull it off. He had a lot of crashes. That was Curtis White in second, right? Yeah, Curtis in second. There were were crashes uh, all around. Um, I feel like... Part of the hide crashing so much during the race was that he was 
obviously like when he turned it on he dropped curtis white pretty quickly there with like maybe two to go or mm-hmm. something i feel like he was just feeling the course so, out just in case because he was like losing he was falling down and then having to just run back to curtis white and curtis white was like steady yeah. the whole race but hyde was like trying out weird lines eating it all the time i don't yeah. know um friend of the pod and sleeveless jersey for spencer benefactor graham partain texted me earlier today to say how many kilometers do you think those those guys ran today in the men's race? Like a good four or five k? Were they just on the bike? They were off the bike that much today? Oh, at least yeah. there's a ton of running yeah. out there today. Well, they they changed the course uh, today from yesterday and earlier in the week uh, because they were getting reports of up to seventy percent of the course being done on foot. Um, so they had to address that and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I understand that you need to make a race. It's a bike race, right? It shouldn't be a foot race. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just weird so, to change it the morning well, of a race after you've let everybody warm up and practice the the course as is, and then you cut some stuff out and you change things around. And it's it's frustrating, I'm sure, for the athletes. For me, I don't really care yeah. as much, but it still seems th- weird. It just feels like an American thing because everybody rides the same course. Right. It wouldn't be a problem in Belgium or whatever because there would have been three races, you know. But here where we have a whole week of racing, there's almost no way unless it's frozen so, and then, for them yeah. not to have to. So there was a, a, a theory I saw posted uh, by our uh, fan of the pod, um, Dan Chabanoff, who said, why don't they just flip the schedule around and, you know, have the – elite championships on Saturday and Sunday like they do. And then all the masters races during the week, like they do, except for the week after the elite races mm-hmm. so that the oh, course you know. is in yeah. prime condition for the elite races. I'm sure Chabana is onto something cause he always has great ideas. <laughs> it's not that I don't know. It's a fine reason. No, it's I like, it makes sense. People but I'm will one, spectate do you at think the people end? would show up for the, the races after the, the pro like isn't that do like they show up for the races before no nobody's spectating those those are those are the reason you go to the town you know like you go to louisville yeah. you watch the the best in the country battle it out you get all amped up and then you do your race on tuesday or wednesday totally or whatever disagree i i think that you have to have the amateur races beforehand because then they stick around for the weekend like like do like pro only course like have a different course so it's not totally all torn up yeah, but that's the thing. Everyone wants to ride the same yeah. course. Yeah, the you can have the whole pro be able to look or a section. Nah, that's yeah, that's, that's I hate the whole. That. That's lame. Yeah, the whole like, point. Make them ride. The whole it. point of nationals you, is to go there and have the same experience, right? Well, I mean, if you can't ride it, you run it. That's cross. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Well, I just I think that the the national championships have to be the last races of the day. I mean, of the weekend. Like that's the culmination. Yeah. Uh, in the U twenty three, all the races, races are national championships. Oh, whoa, 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 Timmy, Timmy. Local boy, Minnesota native Eric Thompson, I think got seventh. Yeah. Come on. You got to shout that out. Seventh. Was awesome. He was battling for fourth for a long time. Maybe seventh, six. I don't know. Either way. And he took a sweet, uh, like, Pratt fall after the after the finish. Like oh yeah, across the line and like did did like a sweet like into the mud tumble and jumped up through the arms up in the air. Yeah, it's worth. It was watching. a pretty pretty sweet um, somersault that he pulled off there. But yeah, battling for it was battling great. for fourth for a while. Uh, Oh, had the, so huge. I was so excited. I did he, see the... You know how many times he's lapped me? <laughs> oh, my God. I did see the video of the winner of, like, the, the 
the boys 13, 14 that came across the finish line in the sprint finish. And then he mm-hmm. crashed in the mud and then immediately threw his hands up. That was pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Um, okay. You can go to U23s okay. now. I, I just had to get the Thompson in. Okay. Go to, go to yeah. U23s. I was just going to say there's two U23 races. Give shout out to Spencer Petstroff for winning the um, mm-hmm. men's U23 and then the women's U23 went to uh, Clara Hossinger. So yeah. pretty cool. To she see. had another dominating ride. Minute 45 up on second place. Crushing. Ouch. Crushing ride. Uh, exciting to see. Uh, little guy, you'll be excited to know that another Minnesota local boy did well uh, finishing second in the junior men's race. Uh, Nick Carter. Oh, He's also he? probably yeah. laughed to you a bunch of times. Yep. Yep. Totally has. Yeah. <laughs> He's... He's super small and super fast. And then he's one of those one of those juniors that you're behind and you're like, how is this possible? <laughs> Each one of his he's he's a third of the size of me. How can there be that much power in there where I'm like hyperventilating to follow him? Yeah. And he's sort of like giving me that look of like, why aren't you taking a pull? Yeah. You're an adult. And I'm like, because I can't, <laughs> you little super beast. The biggest story I read all week on my Twitter was 141 or 140 registrants for the single speed national championships. And then the official saying almost immediately that we are going to be pulling riders from the course. So what a money grab by USA cycling, another complete disaster. Why would you let a hundred, why let that many people register for the race? If you're going to be pulling them, it it's a ridiculous thing. And, that's what scares people away from racing. So while they're sending me emails mm-hmm. for my free license, these are the things that make me want to <laughs> never get a license again because you're just like, that's just stupid. Like you shouldn't, you're just taking money. It's kind of like when I got invited to a hockey tryout when I was um, in high school, like, oh, you want to go play juniors? Like $150 for a tryout. And I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go play juniors. And then I go to the tryout. I got cut after one day. Guess what? I didn't have $150 anymore, but the team did. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good scam they got running there. They should really do, if they're going to have that many people for single speed, which you are because it's free to rock the one cog, um, you should really do heats. Like just for single speed, they should do heats. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, what a ridiculous thing. They should do, they should do something. So I think that number that you quoted, I didn't see that anywhere. That's probably how many people actually lined up. Um, the field limit was 175 and it sold out. So how's that possible? Yeah. You know how many people are in the Peloton of the Tour de France? About 175. So imagine (laughs) stuffing all those guys on a cyclocross course. That's crazy. And they they made a point of lowering the, you know, the team sizes because it wasn't quote unquote safe enough. On open roads, yeah. farm fields through sunflowers in the middle of France. Yeah. It wasn't safe yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, let's jam them I mean, on, a, spend... on a two and a half kilometer long course. Oh. And, you know, that's only three meters wide. And uh, yeah. force them to jump on and off their bikes. Anyway, yeah, total agreement. Uh, kind of a clown show, that race. Um, which is a disappointment because there is a jersey on the line for it. It would be a different story if there wasn't. Um but, you know, like if it's nationals and there's this whole sanctity of nationals thing and whatever, then what are you doing, USA Cycling? Like, what are you doing? And friend of the pod, Jake Wells, I believe, won the single speed championship and he won the um, 
the Masters National Championship, as did, he did. Uh, Adam Meyerson also oh. won one as well. So pretty cool to see all of these top. Oh, level you think racers. they're both at Sergio's right now as we speak? Uh, I think they are. Probably, yeah. That was the last place I saw Jake Wells was at Sergio. <laughs> so I'm sort of imagining he's. I mean, that was five years ago. So I imagine he's still there. So. Again, our fellow uh, compatriots on the Wide Angle Podium Network will have full recaps, I am sure, of Cyclocross National Championships. And um, I mentioned a little bit earlier the uh, the new podcast that's on the network, Gravel Lot, is pretty amazing. So you, I highly recommend people checking it out. The interview now, with uh, Bill Shiken is, is pretty damn good. Um, so tell me, what's what's it about, Tim? Is it about parking lots out back behind that uh, camera? Well, actually, it's recorded what's it about? on a studio that these two gentlemen built at the Biltmore parking lot in North Carolina. Like They were like, oh, well, we're still waiting for the okay. tram to come from Nationals three years ago. <laughs> but no, the gravel lot, it's it's um Cincinnati-based. And the interview with oh. Bill Shiken takes a little bit to, uh, to get into because we learned a lot about Bill's background, you know? I didn't know he played hockey. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that was like a a real eye opener mm-hmm. to me. I don't know what else do you think, Spencer? You're the one that pointed it to me, and you did a good job. It was a great recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I think they do a great job. I think uh, that interview in particular is very good because it's their launch onto the network, which we're all very excited about. Um, but yeah, they've been crushing it steady for a year now. They just had their year anniversary, and um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you besides uh, go check it out. Uh, really well done show. Really fun um, banter and really in depth conversation. Check that out. And uh, with that, I think we're kind of done with Psychocross National Championships as we lead into the Psychocross Holy Week coming up for the Christmas break as they all go to Europe. And we are ahead of schedule without the forced travel back to the U.S. for the national championships for our elite riders. Um, you heard it here first because we were the only cycling media source to come up with this um, idea that upon the sale of 21st Century Fox to a variety of outlets, that Sky has pulled out all sponsorship money from Team Sky. So they only have one year left as Team Sky. And then Dave Brailsford has to find a new sponsor. Now... Sure, the proposition is, hey, I've won six of the last seven Tour de France's. You know, I'm the team that you want to sponsor, but it's going to cost you a lot of money to sponsor because there is a lot of payroll on that contract, including a young up and coming Colombian rider that somehow signed a five year contract to a team that no longer is going to have funding. Hey, that's cycling for you. Lots of contracts that last longer than the uh, money. <laughs> I so, still don't understand how that. Is legal. Every team does it. It's insane. It's so crazy. I don't know. So no one's going to come up with the money. You guys think anyone can come up with the money? No. At least to keep no, them in their current absolutely not. current I, guys. I will go so far as to say no one will come up with the money. Um, I don't even think this team will make it to the Tour de France at this point. Like, oh, I think they're guaranteed though, money wise. I mean, I think riders are going to be bailing left and right. I think. Uh, I, I just see that falling apart at the seams uh, as like a, like a unfortunate reentry into earth from the space shuttle, you know, like so, just, just pulling apart so, and bursting into flames what you're doing, as it careen towards the horizon. 
You're totally hedging well, our bets here. I like this, Spencer. You take that, and then I'll take the total polar opposite and say, yes, he's going to find a sponsor, and then we can claim that you heard it here first on the Slurred. <laughs> I think he'll be able to find a sponsor. I think the- For 20, um, $22 million. Do you think so? I, I, th- I, think I, think, I thought it was 31. I think, he'll, <laughs> I think he'll fold for like, you know- 14, okay. 15 million a year, and then find Tim. others to, to make up for it. Now, it's like AG2R I, I, money. They're going to have to hemorrhage half the time. I have some questions for you, Tim. As as our uh, Sky uh, expert, um, who thinks that the, the team will continue and find new sponsorship, I have a couple of questions. One, A, do they find this sponsor uh, before they need to sign the last contracts? Like, do they find it in like... October, August, something around there. Um, or do they find it last minute, end of December, 28, uh, 2019. <laughs> they find it at Tour de France. Okay. Now that's, that's what I was hoping you'd say, because that's what always happens is this announcement happens right around the Tour de France. Are they going to dump team sky before the Tour de France and day one of the tour in July, they line up in their brand new kit with their brand new sponsor. Is that going to be a requirement? of this new sponsor. I don't know if the UCI would allow that. Yeah. I don't think that would be if, kosher. If Brailsford gets a cash injection of up to $30 million in his account, I bet he will have a way to make the UCI make that. Okay. But I, they may have, he's already got the 30, don't they have a sponsorship obligations for this year, for this calendar year with team? Yeah. Scott? Don't they have a sponsorship do. contract obligations with Bernardi? No. <laughs> Until no. 2022, <laughs> that's clearly uh, not not I important. I don't days. know. I I think I, the check that they cut the UCI will be uh, made on stiffer stuff than these contracts that they've been cutting. So, well, I just I and then the worst part is of it all is they unveiled their new team kit, mm-hmm. which it's like, hey, let's just take the black and gradient it to the old movie star dark blue, like. And yeah. then to put a stripe on the back. Like, we're like, what? Hey, at least it's not red. At least we'll be able to tell where they are in the bell. Oh, that's wow. true. I am here, here, not stoked. Here's my, my best sky scenario, which kind of goes with Spencer's, is that the team kind of falls apart. But Brailsford just says, what the hell? And he throws all the guys who could be team leaders onto the tour team. But at the same time, it's total infighting madness. So you got, you got Thomas, you got Froome, you got Walt Poles, and you got Bernal on the team in the tour, but there's no sponsor. And they all are basically riding to show that they're worth somebody picking them up for next year and they're not mm-hmm. just worthless baggage. Mm-hmm. And so we have four extra team leaders thrown into the, the grand tour with no helpers, maybe factions. Each one gets like a domestique. The thing, this could be good. This could be really like a spice up the tour. I would say this is that Garrett Thomas winning the tour. You have Chris Froome for, there are countless British companies that sponsor and spend spend a hell of a lot of money for like a premier team or championship division jersey sponsor. That if he reduces down the asking my price to like you know 15 16 million a year and then brings up the rest through you know small donations or you know maybe they find their own daddy warbucks the way that uh you know education first had theirs for years that you can kind of close that gap of of um need. So like I could see you know like bet 
bet uk or some kind of betting website takes the the title sponsorship yeah. or something but I, I, in that scenario, I see them actually just losing a lot of the foreign riders. Like they lose Kwiatowski, you know, they lose like foreign riders that are asking like Dylan yeah. Van Barr leaves and they end up keeping Bernal because they have to, because they sign him to a 27 year contract. And then they end up just with <laughs> and Freeman just, Thomas. And they bring you know? back like Russ Dowling and like these guys that have been <laughs> yeah. on the continent. Like they've got to bring back years. just like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of cheap British riders yeah. at this point. That was, you know? that was a shout out to all of our British listeners. Yeah. We know what's going on over there. All right. Um, yeah, we're, we're super, so we're going to roll right into the pre lap. Cause when we got back, we got some uh, Jersey talk and uh, we're just going to ball all the way through the end of this podcast. Ah, and with that lovely sound of the bell, who are we racing for this week, Spencer? Uh, well, this week, uh, Tim, I know you weren't here last week, but we picked up a new sponsor in your absence. I think uh, maybe they appreciated the calm, quiet, uh, uninterrupted nature of the show. Um, but mm, The smooth tones. Uh-huh. We're racing for MapleWorks Coaching this week. Um, they are a coaching service uh, based here in the U.S. that... Uh, can help you, Tim, as a bike racer, reach that next level. Well, you guys already know that I am a good bike racer because I'm better and faster than you at Schwamigan. But <laughs> but I yeah, do want to take it to the next level because I want a better start position. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's determined by race results. So, so while I beat you guys, I was still... I mean, I've got fat tracks here. I was still a couple hundred places down, (laughs) and I like to think that um, MapleWorks uh, would actually be able to improve me a little bit. And uh, well, Tim, you're in luck because they can even help someone like you. Um, They don't uh, have just a canned like training protocol. Uh, they work with you to develop an individualized roadmap to success. So now it's I not going to be like the, the the old Zwift training plan where they're just like, what's all the time? Like there's actually going to yeah. be Yeah, like, ah. no, exactly. Like this isn't a four-week FTP to fitness uh, situation where a cookie cutter, one one size fits all. Um, no, they, they do it a different way. They're not, uh, uh, they're not, it's not a fitness training company. It's a cycling coaching company, right? Like they're teaching you how to become stronger as a bike rider, but also how to manage the technical aspects of it, the tactical aspects of it, and the psychological aspects of it, which I know I I said in my Schwamigan confessional booth, uh, you definitely have an issue with as a bike racer. You can see your will break during races sometimes. And the fact that they work with everybody, I think, is important. So not just for me, but the fact that like my next training goal is going to be, you know, bike touring that there's a way that even though i'm not like national champion level in bike touring i'm just like a weekend warrior bike tour that i contact them and get a a training plan to make sure that i can actually complete 440 miles of fully loaded bike touring yeah and they can actually set me up with the to help me reach those fitness goals right yeah and that's like like i said it isn't uh it isn't hit this many watts for this many minutes all the time that isn't the only thing that they're all about it's about setting the best strategy uh, 
and to for, set for, proper goals and objectives for you to figure out the yeah. most efficient use of the little time that you have to train. Because I know you, you work too much, you podcast too much, you're hanging out with little Heimar probably way too much to ride your bike <laughs> enough to be a national champion level bike tourer. And that is, you know, it's going to bite you, but with the proper planning and a good strategy, you can do it. And that's what MapleWorks is, uh, is going to give you. So, all right. So, do you know, what yeah, do I need to ahead. do? Yeah. Okay. I'll just take this one then. Um, you can head over to mapleworkscoaching.com slash pod. That's P-O-D, short for podcast, I think, uh, for a special offer. Um, they're going to give you a 30-minute strategy call uh, with a coach uh, to discuss your personal goals and objectives and any other area that you want to talk about. Um, that's free. That's their time. Uh, they usually charge you for that. And if you go to mapleworkscoaching.com slash pod, that's going to be free. 30 minute call right there. No obligation. Check it out. See, uh, see what their offer is, see what they can do for you. And, um, you know, see if you can take it to the next level. See if, uh, you can beat Tim at Schwamigan next year. That's a pretty good idea. So, uh, well, thanks again for MapleWorks coaching for coming on board. That's mapleworkscoaching.com slash pod and, uh, check it out. And as mentioned earlier, we are a member of the wide angle podium network. You can head over to wideanglepodium.com to check out our, um, fellow, uh, brother and sister shows. There's a variety for all independent cycling media podcasts. It's so good. I love everything on there. And you can also get the link to the Grimper Brothers Full Schleck Coffee. So head over, um, check that out. And Spencer, speaking of Grimper Brothers, mm-hmm. I, I'm i pretty sure there's a new coffee blend coming on board. There is. Uh, we've got a new espresso blend coming uh, called Cyclocross Friends uh, in honor of uh, Bill over there at Cyclocross Radio, um, his famous, infamous maybe, uh, intro uh, to his show. Um and that one will be live shortly. All the info is over. All the beans are there at Grimper. Um, they'll get it on the website as soon as Dan is back from Nationals, where he was uh, serving up some hot bean water uh, for all the uh, fans of Cyclocross out there doing his thing, as he always does, supporting the sport. So, uh, you know, jump on over to Grimper Brothers um, and check out the full Schleck and uh, grab some espresso as well um, when that is available. That's right. And then, uh, yes, check that out. And then the final thing I want to mention the Prem Lap, guys, is that we have uh, three episodes up of our uh, Slow Ride Reviews podcast. So check that out. It's, it's in the own feed now. So new episodes will be only appearing in the new Slow Ride Reviews feed. We've got a variety of uh, things coming on board. Thanks for mm-hmm. everyone that's uh, reached out to us to uh, review and give a no-nonsense review. Um, yep. Check it out. I've been pretty stoked. Uh, we've got some emails coming up in the mailbag that have to do a little bit about that to give you a little bit of a taste and, uh, yeah. 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 So if you've got any, uh, suggestions, if you run a company and you want to send us something to review, we're happy to do it. Uh, get in touch at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And if you are interested in listening to our review show and haven't done so, uh, search for it on your iTunes, your, your Google podcast, whatever your podcast player is slow ride reviews, uh, type that in and you will find it. Or you can just find it on the wide angle podium app, which is also available inside the Google play or iTunes store. Mm -hmm. And with that, let's get back to the show. 
Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale cyclocrossworld.com and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? So we got an email from Greg Gregory T. in New York. Howdy. And the, the subject line here is liquid IV. And you may remember in the Slow Ride Reviews <laughs> ah. that I miraculously got a box shipped to me mm-hmm. containing liquid IV, which right. is already an amazing name. And the backstory of this is fantastic. And it like basically... You can listen to the podcast and hear it. Yeah. And he, so Gregory says, howdy, FYI. I received two Amazon packages in September of this year, which I, caps lock, did not order. One was a cheap cycling kit size large, and the other was a cycling jersey sized medium. Hmm. I wear both sizes, medium and large, and the brand of the gear was one I've purchased before. It's super cheap cycling gear brand sold only on Amazon. There's no way anyone I know would have ordered these items for me. There was a vague invoice in the box showing the contents, but had no order number or anything. I thought I was the only person to get free unsolicited cycling related items from Amazon. Solve this mystery, please. The only reasonable explanation for this is... Sleep Amazon ordering. Oh, so like... No, he didn't get charged, though. Like, unless there's another yeah. credit card I'm he doesn't thinking know about. He probably has, like, he's got a condition where he's maybe stressed at work. I don't know. Maybe he's, like, recently engaged. Something is, like, uh, boiling up inside him. He's got a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of energy. And overnight, he's getting up. He's unconscious state. He's going... He's opening up bank accounts. He has got a whole second life going on. He has ordered cycling kits uh, that are now showing up because I don't know who else would do this. Like, like he, like he spells out well, in the in I, the thing. Now, there's a couple of clues. He's ordered it, this brand before. Yes, and it's very cheap. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that a company that <laughs> makes its living on Amazon selling really, really, really cheap cycling gear. Yeah. Doesn't really have its act together. <laughs> it's right. like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I was going to say, logistics wise, uh, years ago, Caitlin ordered some, some hubs off eBay mm-hmm. and she got them from some like power seller dude. She got them like four days later, super quick. And then two weeks later, she got another box of the same hubs. <laughs> oh. And I think the guy just was like, oh crap, I forgot to send that out. And he, and, and since she pair, didn't leave positive know? feedback, <laughs> it's like <laughs> either way it was one of so, these like oh wow okay this is pretty cool so, so spencer you're thinking sleep ordering i i think that the clues are clearly that this company sent this out to him you think but, so it was obviously yes. his second his sleep wife if he has this whole second sleep life what's not to say that his sleep wife didn't just get him this as a present because she knows that he likes it. That's a good point. Like it could be a like if it's not on his- like maybe it was on his wish list. Mm, okay, which leads to wonder that I never put liquid ID in my wish list. So I thought that maybe that would be lit. How many people out there are getting random Amazon boxes that they didn't order? Because I don't get any, and 
I'm not saying, you know, I want a bunch of, uh, you know, cheese slicers and, and random, you know, boxes of tissues and things that people order on Amazon all the time. But like maybe every once in a while, something free would be nice. Well, we've got another, uh, email here from, uh, Joe Huber, an invitation to an adventure. Hello, one-year listener here. I enjoyed listening to the Million Dollar Tim episode, especially about the bike adventure the three of you will be going on. Mm-hmm. I'd like to invite you to a shorter mm-hmm. distant ride in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle to Portland. But that will have just as much adventure. Okay, maybe I'm overselling it a bit. Bob trailers, not necessary. Two years like ago... It. A group of us imagined making a local double century more interesting, so we created the Cannonball, a ride within a ride. Did I mention that the ride passes through Chehalis, the home of the original Klein factory? The grand idea. Buy a used bike for no more than $205. Maybe at a garage sale, bike swap, bike jumble, Craigslist, or from a friend. There is significance of that budget. You are allowed to fix it up to meet safety requirements like replace brakes, tires, install your own pedals and saddle that you want, tune up the drivetrain, bling it out, etc. The more classy and or goofier the bike, the better. Schwinn Latour 2? Of course. Soft ride? I'm already jealous that you found one for $205. (laughs) A lift to go? You mean a lift yes? This is the third year, so the bookend of the Cannonball Trilogy... In the inaugural edition, the theme was, are we really doing this? For number three, the theme is undeserved national champions. So find a national championship jersey that you did not earn. The more obscure, the better. I'm already uh, knowing which one I'm going to wear. It's going to yeah, be I the think- Ivan Stevic uh, oh. Slo- <laughs> Slovakia. I was going to say, I think we've got one on the way, uh, you know, from Katie that we didn't earn. So <laughs> Now prepare to make history. So guys, 205 miles. This is a much more reasonable dish distance. I'm I'm into this so yeah, far. Yeah, it's over a short. And enjoy the rolling con- camaraderie of the cannonballers with each ma- uh, each mile. Um, so, oh, guys, this is such a good idea. I think this is kind of like straight out of um, uh, Top Gear, where they buy the uh, the car and then they have to in the U.S. and they drive it up. Anyways, I'm really into this. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, when is it? When are we going? I don't know. <laughs> okay, sorry. I mean, it's <laughs> registration opens uh, in January eighth of twenty nineteen. Although I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do okay. it. Okay, but anyways, guys, this is a brilliant idea. I love it when uh, people come up with things like this. Two hundred five bucks, little guy. You'd probably win this just going away with the two hundred five dollar like budget limit. Like you already know what things are known you probably already have a group set like waiting so you just buy the frame actually you'll just go find the frame locked to a like an abandoned frame yeah yeah, yeah. well that's why i'm gonna really stay i'm gonna stay low uh you know be able to stay within budget because i'll just find the bike Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah i mentioned um last week that uh we have been hit up a couple times about a bike that people thought would be perfect for me and it was a mm-hmm. Klein and? Performance, 1993 Klein Performance touring bike. Okay. Um, with Including front and rear rack, Brooks Cambium saddle, a sweet frame pump. It is black, but it's got a sweet like kind of fade on the Klein logo. And I'd like to report that, um, you know, first Toby Sism like hit us up and let us know about it. And then Paul Buchanan, good friend of the pod out in uh, Seattle, Washington, 
executed the deal, sent me photos of it and everything. Nice. So it nice. is in it is in possession in good hands. Also, shout out to Kevin Hayes, Cross Sharks, who also hit me up saying like, we need to get this bike. So the bike was known. We kind of we kind of played it the right way. Paul Buchanan totally came <laughs> through. And now, I have to admit, though, it was kind of a test on the friendship with Paul. Yeah, is that he paid the full five hundred? Well, at least he told me he paid the full five hundred. <laughs> oh, I don't know if he tried to lowball him oh, a little wow. bit here, and I'm willing to like. You don't trust him. So here's here's my other question, well, Tim. Is, is I do trust him. I, I need to know: Did Paul pretend to be Tim? That those are the things that I want to know. <laughs> because okay. I, I want to like, did Paul go like, "Hey, I'm Tim. I'm doing a podcast. I'm going to ride the Natchez Trace," or did Paul go in like, "Hey, I'm buying this for a buddy." here's the full 500 bucks. I can't believe he's going to do this. Or did Paul go, Hey, here's 425. That's all I can pay right now. And then Paul's just as like uh, copy, keeping the rest for a tip, which is well-deserved. So I'm not complaining on the price. Yeah, Paul's but a shrewd businessman. We yeah. did say on the podcast that you should never pay full price of what the Craigslist ad was. That's true. And you so. came out and busted that myth. Very but either way, I am going to be balling like crazy at our bike touring trip that's coming up through the state of Mississippi. I'm excited. Um, so excited for you. as you guys know, I was over in Scotland this past week. I wanted to give a quick, and mm-hmm. you may remember the last time I was over in the UK, I, um, I put an old five, a fiver as what they call a five pound spot on Alejandro Valverde winning the world championships to which mm-hmm. he did. So I had about a 25 pound payout. So I saddled right, you know, got off the plane and went headed straight to the Ladbrokes, dug through my bag, pulled out the the betting slip, handled it, handed it to the gentleman, and he scanned the barcode Mm -hmm. and it beeps. And he looks at it and he's like, huh. And he scans it again and it beeps. Keeps he did this five times. And then he's like, Oh, it's not reading. And I'm like, Well, it's clearly a winning ticket. Yeah. (laughs) The, yeah. the the carbon paper receipt that I had since I kept it in my wallet after I bought it, like the ink kind of faded a lot. Yeah. So then I had to pull out a camera photo of it to show him that like I bought it and I was in there for 40 minutes to get paid out 25 pounds. And then at the end, he's like, I can't pay this out right now. You're going to have to come back <laughs> later in the week to collect your money. And I was like, that's- oh, okay. So now I still have the ticket and it's unpaid. Well, you still haven't been paid. I mean, I guess 40 minutes for 25 pounds is a pretty good wage. Yeah, but I still haven't been paid yet. And here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Is that at this point, I may just may not cash it in. I might just frame well, that, that I have the winning uh, ticket. That's the no thing. Is you take it back there next time you're in the UK, six months from now or something, they're going to you're they're gonna scan it and they're going to be like, oh, this was already claimed. <laughs> exactly. Like. This is mm-hmm. they're running a scam on you. Yeah. The the guy that wrote down that ticket, he's give, he's he's given all the info to his buddy. <laughs> he is like yep. this thing is this thing's been cashed. But anyway, um so I never did cash in that Valverde ticket, but it was one hell of a ride, guys. And you know what I was going to do? I wasn't even going to take the 25. <laughs> Can I tell you what I was going to do with it? Uh you probably roll it into some other weird I'm going to roll it straight over to Valverde winning the Ronde. Nice. As the world champion. Is that a bet you could make already? Not yet, but I was, I mean, that was the plan. He's going to win the Tour de Franders. Yeah. I'm calling it right now. All right. 
So, um, I like it. I like it. All right. Well, I have one personal question that I need to ask you guys. Sure. So okay. you guys know I sold the car. I don't know if this is the place, but all yeah. I have left is a 2006 Toyota Highlander. That's the only car I've got left mm-hmm. in the household. And I was on a ride with a friend today and we were talking about the pod and the different cars that we own because of our, my collective disgust with this gentleman I was riding with of four door Porsches and then also four door Jeeps, like how a four door Jeep is like mm-hmm. an abomination and anybody with a four door Jeep should never wave at another Jeep like driver. A Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, just, yeah, yeah. don't do it. That got me to thinking, um, what cars do you guys currently own right now? Cause I couldn't, I know you both own a van again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Westphalia editions. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you both own Vanigans. Yeah. We also own Vanigans. We I've, both own GM. I've actually both owned, I've owned both of these Vanigans. <laughs> yeah, okay. Spencer's owned both these So Vanigans. they both work, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spencer, then you also have, I believe, a Jetta or a Passat, right? Uh, no. I have a Golf Sport Golf, wagon. okay. But you have another Volkswagen. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's it in your, your household. Little guy, how many cars do you own? I'm I'm curious. Well, I had I had three for most of the summer, and then I went down to two briefly, and now I'm back to three. Three. Okay. I'm a little shocked. That's a lot of cars for a guy that rides his bike everywhere he ever goes. You probably put in more, more miles than all. any of us. Yeah. So you, I barely so you, drive ever. So you got the van again. <laughs> yep. I got the van again. I got the uh, super, super, super rusty um, 93 uh, Subaru Loyal Wagon. Um, that I've had for two winters and I think about exactly two years ago. So that is going to go away soon because it is made of dust, (laughs) um, at this point. And I have the fairly newly acquired, uh, 95 Mercedes Benz E300. Okay. That Spencer was luckily enough to call me yesterday Mm -hmm. while I was out driving it basically for the first time since I bought it. I bought it about a month and a half ago. But I knew I had a bunch of work to do on it, and I've been ticking away at it on the weekends. Um, and I finally finished it yesterday and drove. Yeah, Super little, little guy answered the phone, and he sounded a little more giddy than usual. And could, uh, <laughs> yeah, could you tell hear him? right away? Yeah, he had that test drive, uh, that test drive aura yeah. about him, that f- inaugural drive, yeah. that All like. Right. I'm super excited, but anything could fall apart at any moment, and I'm super mm-hmm. nervous. Yeah. Oh, I was super nervous because, well, one, I'd only driven, I test driven it and then I'd driven it home. And then I had to uh, replace the whole glow plug wiring harness. So I had to take the wiring, a bunch of stuff apart, take the wiring harness out. I rebuilt the wiring harness. I had to put the wiring harness back in. Uh, Keep in mind that I've never done this before. So it was harder. And then I had to put back together the entire uh, air intake. Uh, manifold. So that's why when you talked to me, Spencer, I was a little nervous because I was pretty sure I'd fix that, but I was a little worried at any moment. It would just, I think I fixed it. It's pretty cool. It's going to break in a thousand ways any day now. But Ah, well, yeah. Very exciting that you guys have your car life now figured out. And uh, (laughs) it's good. Yeah. Spencer's got his van again again. I've gotten rid of my Versa, yeah. so we're living pretty good. Now, little guy, you got a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I'm back, finally. You still have the hood ornament? Yeah, it does. Knock on wood. Ugh. 
uh, my Tom Boone and Tom Boone and tried to take it off yesterday. <laughs> but <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, sounds like you'll be balling into the future, um, of Minneapolis. So that's going to be just uh, great with that car. Anything else you guys want to talk about, um, in the world no, of balling, bikes and cycling? I just, I got a ball. Well, congratulations to Katie Compton, who continued to ball through the entire 15 years of being a national champion. We are very excited to work with you, Katie, and proud of you. And you are, hands down, the greatest cyclist to ever wear a Stars and Stripes jersey. Even better. What about George Hincapie? George Hincapie. So. All right. All right. All right. With that, we'd like to thank you for listening the slow ride podcast you can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com tweet and follow us on instagram at the slow ride pod and i'd like to thank bk1 of rhyme Sayers entertainment for the intro and outro of this uh from radio do cannibal and we'd like to thank mapleworkscoaching.com slash pod to find out more on how they can help make you a better cyclist and reach your objectives in the 2019 season We'd also like to thank Grimper Brothers for their continued support with the full Schleck coffee blend and the upcoming mm-hmm. espresso roast. Hello, cyclocross friends. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.